Welcome everyone to another edition of the Final Down NFL podcast with me, Jim, and Denver Dave. We're here to talk about the NFL. Dave, how are you doing, sir? I'm on location, on vacation. I'm taking time <laughs> out of my busy, rain-filled day to come yep. and talk about the NFL. Good man, good man. It just happens that Punk Raider is also on holiday this week, but uh, whereas you had the internet connection... He's not on holiday, he's been in court. He's serving a custodian for a week, <laughs> isn't he? No, no, he's in the Shire somewhere with his, with his axe, <laughs> uh, talking to some hobbits, talking about a quest. He's actually just recovering from his Super Bowl win, basically, that I had on, uh, on Monday night. That's a bit rough. <laughs> it's the best result he's going to get all year, so... <laughs> we've got so much to cover off after the week one games dave so we better crack on with it we're gonna do some news first of all guys um the biggest news was the uh, contract extensions that happened so we're going to start with tj watt who has signed a new five-year deal with the pittsburgh steelers it was announced on friday the new four-year extensions worth 112 million dollars and includes a 35 million dollar signing bonus and 80 million dollars guaranteed over the next three years a source told ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, the 26-year-old's now average annual value of $28 million per season makes him the NFL's highest paid defensive player. Joey Bosa's on $27 million and Khalil Mack's on $23.5. The big news was that the Steelers usually guarantee only the signing bonus, but not much else throughout the life of the contract, though the Steelers will typically restructure and give more guaranteed money and security later rather than up front. Previously, the most guaranteed money given out on the contract by the Steelers was Ben Roethlisberger's current $67.5 million guaranteed. Uh, what has double-digit sacks the last three years? He got two against the Bills on Sunday. He should have been Defensive Player of the Year last year. So, yeah, he's worth it. And just another slam dunk of a first-round pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dave, you were uh, you surprised this move went through? Uh, I'm surprised they've done it so early. But um, NFL Network were uh, reporting that his agents, agents were holding out, um, basically because they wanted, they said, look, you can get my money. And uh, apparently oh he marched he marched down to the GM's office and said, give me a pen, I'll sign it now. And then he signed it and like a gangster said, right, I've got to go work out. And then just left and went and worked out after signing that deal. That's amazing. That... Well, I had no doubt this was going to happen. This, there's no one more stealer than TJ Watt. And uh, he just exemplified what we wanted from the guy. Uh, yeah, very happy he got done. They wanted it done before the season started because otherwise you're then worrying about him potentially holding out because then he could be uh, moved on to the franchise tag and then you get players holding out for um, a new contract or not willing to put their body on the line. But it's all done. Another four-year extension. So very happy to get one of the most explosive linebackers on the uh, in the league on the books. Yeah. He was interviewed as well and said, what did you think about the new contract? Are you happy with it? And he said, tongue in cheek, as long as I get paid more than my brother, I don't care. Which I thought was quite nice because his brother is only a fullback. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're in the same building. So, yeah, him and Derek can have a I work. know. I like Derek. Well, I think he's decent. I think he's a very underrated player. Mm. Well, you love all the, all the FC West team players, don't you? So, and he used to be a charger. No. Other big yeah. news was Marshawn Lattimore. The New Orleans Saints agreed to a five-year, $97.6 million contract extension that could be worth up to $100 million, with $68.3 million guaranteed, sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Following the win against the Packers, it's the largest full guarantee at signing for any cornerback in NFL history. Lattimore was, of course, a first-round pick for the Saints in 2017. He won Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2017, and he's been named to three Pro Bowls in four seasons. 
been a little bit quiet recently, Dave, but uh, he's still a quality player. And, you know, he kept Devontae Adams quiet on Sunday. Yeah, I don't think he's all that. I think they paid him as a top corner, but I'm mm. not necessarily sure he's as good as people think he is. What's interesting is they've tried to extend him through uh, bonuses and roster bonuses and things like that. So it means if they do have to cut him, um, it's not going to be too much of a dead cap hit. Um, his dead cap hit after 2023 is single figures. It's six million and three million. So mm. I think it's one of those signings that the uh, the Saints do quite often is load is sort of front loaded. So it's paid a lot early. They don't care about the cap anyway. No, I mean they've been put. The thing is they've been kicking the can down the road for so long. It's now coming back to hit them. Um, so it, I I wouldn't have paid him this much. I think there's better options elsewhere, and I don't think he's that good a corner. I think I think he's probably. Top 15, I wouldn't go as far as to say he's top 10. It's just my own personal feelings. I'm, I'm not massively keen on him, to be honest. I think his, his Pro Bowl votes in recent years have been more of a popularity contest. Well, we can argue that about the Pro Bowl another time. Uh, let's, oh, move God, on. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on to some injury news, shall we? It's something we have to talk about, unfortunately. Let's start with the Ravens. They had their biggest problems before the season even started. So after seeing the number one running, official running back, J.K. Dobbins, go on injured reserve last week, Gus Edwards was tipped to have a much bigger snap count, but he too has gone on IR with an ACL injury. The next practice play saw the Ravens Pro Bowl corner Marcus Peters pick up the same injury and join the ever-increasing list of Baltimore players on IR. So great for them that a veteran back, Jimmy Smith, is also listed as questionable with an ankle injury going into week two. I think he managed to play some of the week one game, but mm, that's not great for the Ravens. Uh, in offensive tackle injury news, 2020 first-round picks, Jedrick Wills, and Mekai Becton of the Browns and Jets, respectively. Both left Sunday's games with serious injuries. Will suffered an ankle injury, and Becton may have done his MCL. It certainly didn't look good when he was on the ground and had uh, players taking a knee around him. Broncos' first round pick last year, Jerry Judy, was taken out of, of the win yesterday with a high ankle sprain. It was feared that he'd suffered a break, but the x-rays were negative for anything more serious. So, fingers crossed he's back with only a few weeks missed. Washington QB Ryan Fitzpatrick was knocked out of the loss to the Chargers with a hip subluxation, which sounds horrible. Um, and that'll be further diagnosed over the next couple of days, but it looks like we'll be seeing a bit more of Taylor Heineke for a while. Uh, and then MRI confirmed that last year's number three overall pick, Jeffrey Okuda, has ruptured his Achilles and his season is officially over as he starts the recovery process. An absolute gut shot for a guy that underperformed his rookie year, but had positive noises coming out of training camp for this year. And then for Niners and fantasy owners, bad scenes as running back Raheem Mostert was missing for most of the game against Detroit after picking up a knee issue. And in shocking news, 49ers veteran cornerback Jason Verrett may have torn his ACL. That's according to Niners head coach Carl Shanahan. Those are the big uh, losses, Dave. Anything uh, anything surprising? Anything you want to mention? Maybe Judy? Yeah. Well, I've gone to Judy in a minute. The only thing I do want to mention is uh, the Eagles. Every year, the Eagles have tons and tons of injuries. Mm. As of right now, do you guess how many players they've got on IR? Like, as of right now. It's, got, it's going to have to be zero. It's going to be a really low number, I'm guessing. Seven. Oh! They've got seven, they've got seven players on IR. And for the next game, they've got another six who are questionable. I mean... The Ravens would kill have... for those numbers. It's madness. It's every, the thing is with the Eagles, though, it's every single season. Every mm. season. So, I mean, they're not good enough. I mean, they had a great, great week this week, but they're not good enough to have those kinds of continual numbers. I mean, a couple of years ago, it was their secondary that was decimated. It's all one position a lot of the time as well. That mm. was the thing that immediately stood out. I mean, just how many players are currently injured. Um, but in terms of Jerry Judy, it was it was a shame that it happened because he was, he was getting open quite a lot. And the play where it did happen... 
um he got he got wide open caught the ball was running on an angle and um a giants player sort of landed on his ankle and just sort of turned it it looked yeah. as though it was broken and um, we heard it was an eye a high ankle sprain so anywhere between five to eight weeks normally um but one thing that was interesting we'll go into this more later on is uh, there was a drop from kj hamler and the amount of people who said if kj hamler would have uh, caught that ball then jerry judy wouldn't have got injured nothing people <laughs> real are people genuinely like legit that's that's a, i'm like are people real my work oh my god unbelievable i think one of one of, one of my responses on twitter was if the bus driver had drove a different route then maybe he would have got injured so maybe it's his fault instead it's just yeah. absolute nonsense um yeah, it's the madness of more madness of twitter for you but no jerry judy had uh decent starts to the game was was killing their secondary was getting so wide open and uh yeah but at least it's not broken that's the main thing and horrific news for Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he finally gets to start as a number one uh, for a team. And then he lasts less than a half, I believe. And then he goes down with this yeah. injury on the sack. Uh, it, it could be quite a while before he comes back. It's an injury that um, baseball players quite often have, apparently. Um, mainly because they they play quite a lot and you slide when they're sliding and that kind of thing. So sometimes it's, it's something that baseball, baseball players have. Um, I believe I read something that he was down... Uh, in Florida and having a an operation and uh, potentially having an operation on his hip. So um, yeah, more news will come out. But it's uh, he's he's just a nice he's a nice character. He's a likable character. So you know, there's some players who you really hope things that don't happen to. But he's gone throughout his career and now he's an undisputed number one that a franchise want to get behind. This has happened straight away and it's not something you want to see. I don't want to derail the pod, but I want to ask one quick question. It's two words, Dave. Go for, for the, it. For the the Washington mm-hmm. football team. Cam Newton? No, no. I think... Old head coach is there. Yeah, I know. But the problem is, I think Tyler Henneke did so well against the Bucks in the playoffs last year. Um, I think he deserves an opportunity. I don't know who the backup is. Um, yes, Washington. No, 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 the backup to Heineke. Right, to backup. I don't know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, he is now the starter, so I don't know who the backup is. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's someone like Kyle Allen, someone that he already trusts. So it just feels a bit it just feels a bit wrong to come in and bring someone in who's going to be a starter when, you know, he's not he's not gonna come in, he's not gonna know the playbook, he's not immediately gonna be running, he's not a guy who's gonna one thing Cam can't do is extend plays, which you need to come in and do as uh, a new quarterback going into a new team. Um, he's proven he can't do that. He's, he, you know, it's go through progression and run. It is Kyle Allen as the backup. Yeah, it was a good guess. But yeah, I, and Kyle <laughs> Allen... Was last year. Well, he's there last year. It doesn't mean anything with backups these days. <laughs> um, but also, he, he, you know, he was with, um, he was with the, with the Panthers as well. Yep. Um, so I think he's a guy that... Uh, the coaching staff already know, so it makes sense to keep hold of what they've got. You've just made a case for Cam Newton as well. Anyway, let's move on, Dave. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go to your game of the week, please, sir. Who are you, who are you picking? I have two games of the week. Oh, um, typical. All right, well, because Punk's it. not here, you can take his game of the week, but let's have... Well, it yep. can't, can't be the Raiders, but um, let's go with your first game of the week then. I mean, under no circumstances would it ever be the Raiders unless they lost by 125 <laughs> so that Punk's points. one. <laughs> Yeah, even. Um, no. What are we looking at? So my game of the week was the Tem- Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Cowboys of Dallas. Oh, back last um, Thursday. Okay. 
I mean, that was a long time. It feels feels like a long time ago. Now, one of the main reasons that I thought that this was uh, one of the games of the week was simply because everyone was expecting a blowout. I think mm-hmm. I was expecting a blowout. I was expecting, you know, double digit. Um, I, I had a, I had one of my accumulators on this, and it was bucks plus seven, yeah, um, or bucks minus seven, and um, yeah, basically uh, that that went down the pan. So I had to do a rewrite a whole new uh, accumulators for the weekend. Um, but no, I thought the, I thought Dallas were. I thought Dallas were oh, Dallas overperformed. I think the Bucks underperformed. Yeah. Um, and my player of the week, and this is going to sound weird, my player of the week was Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm leaving a little pause in there for people to hey, say, Dave, what, what you've been earth drinking? are you talking about? Well, this is the thing. So it was 11 carries for 33 yards. Not interested in that. That doesn't matter. Of course it doesn't. Dak, Dak Prescott threw it 58 times in this game. Yeah. And that kind of was always going to happen. They're always going to lean heavily on that because you can't really run the ball against that Tampa Bay front seven. This was a bad week to have Zeke in fantasy. And unfortunately, I have Zeke in fantasy. But he was basically acting as an offensive lineman. And he was blocking guys who are sensational at rushing the passer. He was blocking guys who at times were twice his size. He was blocking Chat Barrett, JPP, Vita Vea. He was blocking all of these guys. And he's, he's got absolutely no right to. I think he stood up to the challenge amazingly. So you know me. I love a fullback. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Zeke was basically playing a fullback's game. So but mm. no, he, he was blocking he was blocking guys he had absolutely no right to block. Um, you know, if you're if you're weighing up you know, if you're putting a bet on who's going to win in, in pass rush between Indomic and Sue and and uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I know my money would normally be on, but this time Zeke was brilliant. He was absolutely okay. superb. All right. So, I, mean, I, I think, yeah, you, you're right. Everyone's expecting the blowout because the Dallas Cowboys defense is trash. So yeah. we've got to put this down to the Bucks underperforming. On- um. <laughs> Even well, to, a, to a certain degree, I mean, it depends because if, if you look at the stats, then it looks as though Brady had two interceptions when he didn't really. I mean, one of them was uh, he threw the ball at one point to uh, Lynn Fournette. Fournette did his usual thing of missing a dolly and punching it up in the air, and then it was intercepted. Yeah. And the second one was a uh, Hail Mary at the end of the first half. Now, I don't understand why everyone doesn't do that. At the end of the first half, have a shot. You know, so instead of padding your stats down, mm-hmm. just have a you know gun it to the end zone, and uh, you know go go for a score right before I do what do what everyone does on Madden. You know, it's one of those things that I really don't. <laughs> one day they might, Dave. One day they might. Uh, it's always it's same as punting for the corner, kick for the corner. Why why do it down the middle? I don't understand. But there we go. But no, I think it was a last. It was basically a walk off field goal that won it. Um, and uh, you know Dallas really nearly won this game. They really did. They dominated time in possession, which again no one thought was going to happen. Um, the Bucks had a number of penalties. That's over a hundred yards in penalties. Which when do you see that from a Brady team? Um, and in terms of converting third down, I think it. But I think um, Dallas was over fifty percent. And um, Tampa were under 50%. And again, you don't expect that from one team who's got Tom Brady, who is the greatest quarterback ever to have lived in, you know, in their stable coming off a Super Bowl win. And the other one has got a guy who hasn't thrown the ball in anger in a year and a half or a year and a bit. Well, he played someone last season before he got injured. Now, this is true. So let's call it it almost a year. 
you it's difficult to even lay the blame at like Greg Zerline's door because he still scored 10 points in the game yeah. of the of the 29 for the Cowboys but he did miss two field goals and an extra point and if you just count the, the points that would tell you that they would have won the game if he'd made those and that, yeah, one of them I mean, was like 30 odd yards wasn't it, it wasn't like a, a massive yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't lay the blame at his door. I mean, the the, the issue is one of them. Yes, it was, it was a, a short miss. The other one was a sixty-yarder. And again, why are you putting? If your kicker's already missed one, why are you putting him in a position where he's going to miss another sixty-yarder and give possession back immediately over the halfway line? It doesn't make sense. Because that's Mike McCarthy. Um, that's why. I didn't want to say that, but you're absolutely right. I'll say it then. I'll say it on my chest. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to call someone out because I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Mike McCarthy's looking more and more suspect as we go on. Mm. Um, I think the main point of this is that the Bucs were the Bucs. They came in, scored 31, and I think did what we kind of expected them to do. There's a few mistakes in there, but it's the first game of the season. Show me yeah. one team who didn't make any mistakes, and I'll show you a team they were playing against who were trash. Yep. Um, the Cowboys came in and scored 29, which I didn't think they would. And they played significantly better. I think Dak looked superb. Um, and it was just a I'm bit of a Potentially. I think you might be right. <laughs> but it's, that's the thing I'm watching <laughs> <laughs> I think that's more dependent on what his team does more than anything um, but also we expect it from Dak as well so even though he is coming back you kind of expect him to have good games and let's be honest he's been paying 70 million in cash this year so he bloody should do as well um, I, I think uh, Amari Cooper deserves a shout out because his stats were ridiculous I had him in yep. uh, fantasy and uh, 139 yards on uh, 13 receptions so yeah that was a great day for me two touchdowns as well and um, yeah I think Michael Gallup was drastically underused yet again I think probably the most underrated um, wide receiver in the entire NFL I think probably but um, <laughs> no I, 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 I was more impressed with the Cowboys and I was disappointed with the Bucks, and I would like to hope that the NFC least has now got a couple of decent legit teams in it um, because we saw some half decent performances coming out of that division this week so um, I I hope we're not going to be in for the dire state of affairs that we've been in with previous week, previous years please don't hold your breath I'm, I mean, I have absolutely zero intention of doing that because there's every chance that you know it's gonna the division's gonna die on its arse and it's gonna be won with six wins again or something. I told you my feelings on the Giants. So, uh... <laughs> well, mm, that might be a nice segue into another game we talk about later on because the Giants are. Uh, let's just say they've got issues. Let's, well, I told you that before the season started. Uh, let's go on to my game then, Dave. And I'm not going to go with the Steelers. I'm not going to go with uh, the Packers and the, the Saints. I'm actually going to, I want to talk about the one NFC East team that actually got a win when no one in this pod thought they would. And that was the Philadelphia Eagles at the Atlanta Falcons. So you had Jalen Hurts with dissenters about him, even being an NFL starter, throwing three touchdown passes, completing 27 of 35 uh, for 264 yards and 62 yards rushing. He controlled that Atlanta team. Now, this won't be the toughest opponent he'll face by a long way, but it was really important. Don't say. I do. I do. (laughs) But it was really important to get the wins when you have a chance at it. And that's what he did. The first pass was an 18-yard rainbow to his ex-Alabama teammate and 10th overall pick in this year's draft, Devonta Smith. The two played together for two years in college, and that connection looks to be in place already. Um, That also seemed to spur last year's first-round pick, Jalen Rager, to play better. He caught all six of his targets to average over eight yards a catch and got a touchdown along with tight end Dallas Goddard. Another Philadelphia rookie, fifth-round pick, Kenneth Gainwell, scored his first touchdown as a pro with an eight-yard run late in the third quarter to essentially seal the victory. 
So I was really impressed with what the Eagles did, especially with their seven players on IR, like you said, Dave. Um, mm-hmm. On the other side, the Falcons had a couple of productive drives that ended in field goals at the start, but that was where the production stopped. The Falcons actually never made it past the Philadelphia 49-yard line after that and finished with just 260 scrimmage yards. Matt Ryan was held to 164 yards passing and sacked three times. No Julio anymore to haul a throw up to. Uh, Fourth overall pick, Carl Pitts, caught four of eight targets for just 31 yards. Fantasy darling Russell Gage didn't even catch one of his two targets. Their leading rusher was for some time, wide receiver, sometimes kick returner, Corridor Patterson. It was a tough first game as head coach for Arthur Smith after making a name for himself as Tennessee's offensive coordinator. And this team looked nothing like what he was doing for the Titans, but they're completely different play styles right now. So it might just be, take some time and player investment. But it the, the entire makeup of the Titans is the antithesis of what I see from the Falcons. You know, they don't have... The, the Titans have a Pro Bowl running back and they they move everything through that on the offense. And you don't have that in Atlanta. You don't even have a running back, really, in Atlanta anymore. Not like the old days with someone like Devonta Freeman or um, Tevin Coleman. You've now just got Noodley, Matt Ryan, throw into not Julio. So... Mm. Who's the running back? Is it Mike? Is it Mike Davis? No, it's not Mike Davis, is it? Yeah. Is it Mike Davis? I mean, it's the most vanilla forgettable name, most vanilla forgettable running back. It's yeah, just that you're right. They've got no game. They've got no game. Mm. Special mention's got to go to defensive tackle Jafon Hargrave, who got two of the three sacks on Matt Ryan on fourth downs on consecutive possessions. He was a third round pick for the Steelers in 2016. The guy is a problem for O lines, and I wish Pittsburgh had still had him, but unfortunately. The money was better in Philly. Um, <laughs> the, another good stat here is the Eagles actually got more points yesterday than any game last season. So congrats to Nick Sirianni on his first win as head coach in the NFL. And the final score in Atlanta was the Eagles 32, Falcons 6. I think, yeah. are we potentially, are we overlooking Dan Quinn? Because the Falcons <laughs> were trash in their first game without him. And the, Did you the say, Cow- say that again? Say that again. Yeah. Come on, say it again. I are we potentially... Are we potentially overlooking the genius of Dan Quinn? The Falcons are trash in their first game without him. And that Cowboys defense looked decent. And he's now the Cowboys defensive coordinator. Now, obviously, anyone who knows anything knows I am joking. But it's a point that's worth making. The, the issue that I've got, and I'm a believer in Jalen Hurts. I've, I've made that perfectly clear. And yes, he looked good in this game. But it was an easy game to look good in. The only half decent only pass rush in front of you, Dave. You, you no, say I agree, it. and this isn't this isn't me being negative. It's well, me it's... making a point. It's not you, a negative mean, point. I'm making a factual point that you deem to be negative. So that's not my fault. Right. If your oh, glass yeah. is half full, if your glass is half full. Mine's half. Mine's no. If your glass is half empty, mine's half full. The only <laughs> no. real when a quarter, when a team is ahead it's very easy for a quarterback because you've got massive amounts of options you can run the ball you can simply just throw off you can run through progressions nice and slow because the world is almost your oyster in the fact that you can you have every option you have a multitude of things that you can do so it becomes a lot easier the game slows down and when your opponents aren't even getting over the 49 yard line mm. it's not exactly a difficult thing to do and we've seen quarterbacks who get ahead i mean i'm a broncos fan i've seen a lot of quarterbacks who get ahead <laughs> and have an easy game of it i'm not gonna lie but it's not the most difficult it's not going to be the most difficult game he's ever going to play and i wanted to see him tested before i would suddenly say i'm a believer in him yeah, that's you know, fine. His, that's his fine. game was great. 
Atlanta has almost zero pass rush. The only pass rusher I can actually think they've got is Grady Jarrett. Other than that, I can't think of anyone they've got. You know, it's it's not like they're going to be under massive amounts of pressure. But fair play to him; he's done a great job so far. Um, looks like he didn't fumble the ball, which was, you know, a big a big game. Yeah. He managed to get through a whole game without fumbling it. Well done. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but as you say, you know, you can only beat what's put in front of you, and it was a pants Falcons team. Um, there's been a few. There's been a few. Um, we still expected who... the Falcons to win this game, though, Dave. So yeah, but that that was more of a reflection on the Eagles than it was the Falcons. So. Mm. I mean, this to me was only one notch above the Jacksonville versus Texans game. I'm not going to lie; this, I wasn't expecting enormous amount of quality. This, if this was a uh, English Premier League game, this would have been the last on match today. That, that's what I was kind of expecting. So I wasn't holding a huge amount of breath out. But no, Eagles did what they need to do. They went in, won a game. You know, well done to them because it, it may well be that they're better than they thought they were. But the Falcons are exactly what I thought they were. They're utter utter garbage their secondary pants without julio their recept their receiving core is ordinary. um i the problem i've got with calvin ridley and i like ridley i think he's a good burner i think he's fine he can he can play and operate in the slot i don't think he's particularly good in the slot but he can operate there and he's good out wide as a uh, as a downfield attack but when you've got julio to the side it's remarkably easier and he now doesn't have that. So he needs to prove he's a number one receiver. And I don't think he is. I just don't think he is. Yeah, caught um, five of no. eight targets for 51 yards. It's, I, honest, I, in all honesty, I'm disappointed with the Falcons, but the Eagles were, I mean, they did everything they needed to. And yeah. you can't say anything more. It's just that questions still remain. But I hope they found their answer. I hope they found the quarterback. Yeah. Me too. So let's talk about the second game that you want to talk about, Dave, of the week. Yeah. So um, now... Just don't be a homer. <laughs> you know I'm going to. Oh, really? Listen, the Broncos game... For, so we've won one game in seven in September. Uh, sorry, no. One game in eight now. Previous to this, Vic Fangio had never won a game in September. Mm. And we've now won one um, with a new quarterback and beaten who a team who I thought were going to be better than they were. Um, but the Giants really hit the bed. Um, there was one particular I point. You. I know. No, I know. So um, the Broncos front seven did very well. So they kept Zeke to not very many yards. I think it was averaging about 2.4, 2.5. Zeke? Did I say Zeke? Yeah. Saquon Barkley. Kept Saquon Barkley yeah, to uh, yeah, <laughs> 2.5 yards a carry, I think it was. Mm-hmm. He ended up with sort of mid-20s. Um, and Devontae Booker as well. He came in, um, former Bronco, Bronco um, yeah. absolute waste of time. Um, he, uh, yeah, he had a great game against us uh, last year when he was playing yes. for the Raiders. So it was nice to, nice to keep him. Was it two touchdowns he got last year? Yeah, I think so. But everyone had given up by then because uh, our quarterback was pants. Um, mm-hmm. But no, it was it was interesting because. The, again, the Broncos did exactly what the Eagles did. I'm not going to necessarily say that Teddy Bridgewater is the new incumbent MVP or anything like that, but he did a great job, did what he needed to do. Um, but I think the Giants were... So the, the, the final score was 27-13, and the Giants ended on a touchdown. So it was actually 27-7, really. I mean, they got a touchdown at the end, but not really counting that there was a second string is on for the Broncos. It was what it was. Um, 
I mean, I don't want to call it garbage time, but yeah, I mean, you're essentially right. They, <laughs> oh, thanks, their, offen- their offensive line is rubbish. I mean, it's mm-hmm. utter, utter nonsense. Von Miller got, I think, two sacks, yeah. seven pressures, uh, no, four, uh, three quarterback hits and seven or eight pressures. And he got four or five tackles for a loss as well. He had a monster game. And their offensive line just could not stop him. There was one point they had um, Barkley trying to block and a fullback. I had no idea who the fullback, fullback was, but he wasn't any good. I can only see, I can only assume he was a, he was a tight end masquerading as a fullback, and they still couldn't stop the pass rush. It was that Giants team. There's massive issues, and there's one point where um, Albert Abukuwainam scored a touchdown, yeah, and all touchdowns are reviewed automatically. And then they went and threw threw a challenge flag on it. It's like, what are you doing? You can't challenge uh, a touchdown because it's already automatically reviewed. So they ended up in the second half. If you lose if you lose a timeout in the first half, it's no no real biggie because mm-hmm. a lot of teams tend not to use them all anyway. Yeah. But to lose a timeout when you're trailing at home in the second half, that's unforgivable. I mean, it's I I could not fathom. I thought, what are you? Who have you got in your ear telling you to throw the challenge flag? Because even when that that happened, I'm sitting there watching it on a tablet, going, "Why?" You know, before anything else, I think, "What? What?" I don't. I genuinely don't understand. Um, but no, Broncos look great. I think the I'm not going to sit here going on about the Broncos because. I don't necessarily think that we're as good as a lot of people on Twitter think we are. I think we're okay. Um, but it's nice to see Bridgewater starting solidly. He didn't do anything wrong at all in the entire game. Um, when In terms of converting third downs, we were almost at 50%. Um, there was not very many penalties at all. And the only real error that we had in our entire game was the fumble from Albert O as well. So, um, But that was recovered straight afterwards. So... It, it was a good game for the Broncos, but the Giants looked horrendous. And one of the reasons I wanted to say this is because I doubted you. I can't remember how many games you said that you thought they'd win. Was it three Two. or four or five? Two. You might be right, you know. <laughs> the thing is, Sterling Shepard had a really, really good game. I think he had close to, close to if not more than 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and Darius Slayton did okay as well i think he he got a decent yardage um but it was some of the catches that uh, kenny Galladay was putting in outrageous he had absolutely no right to catch why he some of the stuff he was catching there's one point when daniel jones threw a ball at him and it wasn't even in the same postcode and he managed to change his body direction and bring it in and it, you know at that point you're thinking if they had a decent quarterback they, yeah. there's potential that they you know they would be uh, a much much better team but uh, two wins might still feel a bit light but they've got big issues there because there was a number of play calls that were wrong um there was one point the broncos as well were i think it was second and five or something like that so it's a, a short yardage second and five and again at this point you either choose you're going to play man or zone half the defense didn't know Half the defense obviously did. Um, three players were then running off. Two players ran back on. So actually playing with a 10 set while two men were running onto the field and the Broncos snapped the ball. And thinking, how this this shouldn't happen. You know, how do how number one, how are you playing a man light? Number two, how are two of those players only coming onto the field halfway? It doesn't make any sense. Mm. And it's just a lot of things going on at the Giants that you just think you expect that from the Jets. You know, you don't expect that from a team who haven't got a new head coach. They've got a new head coach who 
oh, sorry, got a head coach who is supposed to be, uh, you know, very well organized and um, everything they did was just seemed like it was a letdown. It almost feels like they were a parody of a football team. You know, when you watch a game, like remember the Mighty Ducks when everyone at the beginning was useless and like there's a guy who was brilliant at skills but could barely skate. It was kind of like that thing. This was the beginning. Um, If they go on to win the Super Bowl, which, hate to break it to anyone, they won't, it's going to be a brilliant rag to riches tale. I mean, at the beginning, you're going to be looking at stuff thinking, what on earth is this? Like, It looks like a bunch of replacements. Um, so yeah, but the, the 13 points is, uh, is a bit misleading because they really were pants. I, I feel sorry for anyone who's got, um, Saquon Barkley in fantasy as well. He's, yeah, it's going to be a tough old slog season for him because that offensive line is not blocking anything. I'm glad that sometimes you pull your punches, Dave, when it comes to these reviews. So, um, well, <laughs> the thing is you, you said I was going to be a home, a homer about it and, and talk about, mostly the Broncos. about Broncos, but one of the main things I wanted to mention the Broncos, cause it, it, it was a, it was a good performance from us and we don't often, uh, you know, we don't often have great uh, performances. How is this any different than the last game I just talked about with the Eagles and Falcons? You've got a, an average team beating up on the terrible team. I think I think the Broncos are probably better than average. Um, no, I, I think I think no. Well, maybe I think the thing is the defense is the defense is top five for the Broncos. I've got uh, you winning more games than the than the uh, yeah, yeah. The Eagles. Don't worry. I don't think I think I think it's unfair to call the Broncos an average team, and I think it's unfair to call the Eagles an average team because I'm not necessarily sure that they are. But based on this week's performances, you're probably right. <laughs> um, I, I I'd say the Broncos are probably. Not not a top ten, probably not too far away. Um, the Eagles, I would say, is probably late teens, early twenties. Um, but yeah, both of them beat teams who are who've got severe difficulties. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, not too much of a fan of the Giants, unfortunately. So yeah, part of this is me saying, Jim, I think you were, I think you were right. Oh, I love hearing it. I love hearing it. It's still going to win more than two games, though. Uh, let's let's take a quick break and then we'll look through. We'll go through the other scores then, shall we? Okay. Welcome back, guys, to part two of the Final Down NFL podcast with me, Jim, and Denver Dave. We've just reviewed our games of the week for week one. We need to run through the other scores, though, so we're going to kind of bat through them pretty quickly before we move on to the picks uh, for week two and and fantasy results as well in our league. So uh, Thursday night, we've already gone through. That was the 31-29 to win for the Bucks. Moving on to Sunday afternoon, well, the Falcons-Eagles, we talked about that, the dominant win uh, for the Eagles, 32-6 against the Falcons. Then we'll move on to a game of two of the best teams in the AFC. A terrible first half for the Steelers saw them down 10 0 at half time. Adjustments were made and they showed up in the second half to win an Orchard Park over the Bills 23 to 16. Yeah, I, this game, I, I called it for the Bills. The Bills looked impotent in the second half. Coming at half time, it was 10 uh, 0 to the Bills. You, yep. the, the Steelers basically won that second half, dominated yep. that second half 23 6. That tells you everything you need to know. It was basic fundamentals and the Steelers absolutely dominated. Um, and the Bills looked a bit... Oh, the Bills didn't run the ball enough either. I don't want to go into it too much, but the Bills absolutely fundamentally did not run the ball enough. Devin Singletary was, was averaging 6.5 yards a carry. They only ran him 11 times. They should not be asking Josh Allen to throw the ball 51 times. Ridiculous. 
Over to Charlotte, where an horrific O-line display by the Jets, which wasn't helped by the Beckton injury. But Darnold was able to look at the problems from the other sideline and get a great comeback game from Christian McCaffrey. Powered the Panthers to an opening home win, 19-14 to over the Jets. Yeah, the big question on this is Zach Wilson. He just does not look ready. There was one There was one particular pass that I saw where I think it went to Braxton Barrios. Mm-hmm. And he was staring, he was redlining his receiver. Um, and it was almost, you, they, they showed a, a replay on it from afar and you saw the secondary just immediately close down the receiver because they knew that's where the ball was going. You can't redline a receiver in the NFL. You'll, you'll get tortured. Big, big question marks over Zach Wilson. Well, he didn't have an O-line helping him at all, as I mentioned. Yeah, that's but... Give him, on, give him on, some more time on, on the, on the, in the pocket. On a lot of, on a lot of plays, um, he was redlining receivers. And again, mm. it made it easy for the secondary. He has to get out of that habit. He looks like... Remember when Jared Goff first came in for the Rams? Mm-hmm. That's what he looks like. He just looks like a fish out of water at the moment. Hey, it's, a big step up, it's a big step up from BYU. Oh, enormous. I mean, it's it's the most enormous of steps that I've seen since Wentz came from North Dakota State. Mm. Over to Cincinnati now. A slow starter, but this game was back and forth fun with standout performances by the rookie Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. It went to overtime and only a field goal by rookie Evan McPherson as the time expired could split these teams. The final score was the Bengals 27, Vikings 24. Do you know my highlight of this game? This is going to sound weird. And I apologize in advance, but it was Joe Burrow's injury last year was <laughs> was horrible. Yes. And my favorite bit of this game was at the end, Joe Burrow just looked so unbelievably happy. Number one to be back, to have won. And it almost looked he had that look of a fan when you know witnessing his team win. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I love to see because so many quarterbacks come in afterwards and oh it was a good game, we did what we want, blah, 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 blah. All that kind of he genuinely looked like he was lit up about it. And you love seeing someone who loves the game. And that was my highlight of the entire game. Um but Viking kicked the bed, you called this one. Um but no, Bengals brilliant. On to the next one. The Niners were up 41-17 with less than five minutes left in the game in Detroit, but the Lions dragged back a couple of touchdowns to make it a one score game somehow. The final score was the Niners 41, Lions 33, and my Acker busted by the 0.5 on the spread. So thank you very much, <laughs> San Francisco. Yeah. This, I mean, I know the 49ers scored 41 points, and that's great, brilliant for them, et cetera, et cetera. It was the Lions, this was the most lionish thing the Lions could have done. Yep. Um, threatened to make a comeback, and they just falter at the last. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it shows some time. Oh man, honestly, um, it, it, they, the thing is, it showed that they have something about them, which I quite like because you fear for them this season. I don't think they've got the coaching staff. I'm not a believer in Jared Goff. I think the only half decent, uh, I think the only half decent uh, weapons they've got are um, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. Other than mm-hmm. that. On offense, I don't think there's a huge amount going there, to be honest. So it, it was nice that there was. It was nice that there was some positives for the the Lions, but um, ultimately we saw, and it was nice that also we saw the uh, first touchdown for Trey Lance as well. We did, we did. Next game, and Trevor Lawrence may have thrown three touchdowns on his debut, but the defense was as poor as it showed last year to give the Houston Texans a division win at home. The score in this one was the Texans thirty-seven, the Jags twenty-one. I mean, do you know what this was? This was two fat blokes having a fight in a car park of a KFC. 
I mean, ultimately, you know someone was going to land a killer punch, but it's ultimately meaningless. That's what this was. Uh, not impressed by either of them. And it was just an undercard fight that no one was watching. Mm. Not that the Colts looked terrible in the home opener, but Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett were just on one. Lockett with two touchdowns and 100 yards off just four receptions. The score in Indianapolis was the Colts 16, Seahawks 28. Didn't Car- Doesn't Carson Wentz look weird in the Colts uniform? It does look a bit strange, like, yeah. Genuinely looks weird. Philip Rivers was at the Chargers for, uh, forever, and he suited a Colts uniform more than Carson Wentz does. It looked, it proper throws me off. It's a shade of blue, I guess. Yeah. Um, major, major shout out for Jonathan Taylor. He ended last season. If he'd have played all of last season as he did his last four or five games, he'd have been, he'd have been MVP. I mean, he was absolutely sensational last year. Um, start of the season, okay, but again, doing, the Colts are doing what they do with all of their running backs early in the season and overuse them. Um, but no, Seahawks deserve the win. You have nothing more to say on it more than that, really. Indianapolis, yeah, it, unconvincing. Let's say. Okay. Police are responding to a missing persons notice in Tennessee after Derek Henry failed to turn up on Sunday <laughs> afternoon against the Cardinals. Kyler was on point, though, with four touchdowns that the Titans just couldn't keep up with. The score there was the Titans 13, Cardinals 38. This is how you beat the Titans. Um, we've said it a number of times. Go ahead early and don't let them rush it. By halftime, I think it was 24-6. Yeah. Um, so at that point, you're taking away their, their rushing advantage. They can't use Derrick Henry. I mean, when they scored the touchdown in the second quarter, because I think they missed the PAT, um, it was actually run in by uh, Tannehill. Tannehill yeah. And it was the first three, I think the first three attempts were blocked. I mean, at one point, Derrick Henry was stopped by Isaiah Simmons mm-hmm. um, on a one-on-one, which Derrick Henry does not stop. You know, he doesn't. He always beats the first man, always. And he didn't. And Isaiah Simmons is not a big guy. He's a middle linebacker. But he's a first-round um, talent. So yeah, yeah, 100%. I think he's brilliant. I mean, he was selected fourth or fifth overall, but you don't expect him to stop Derrick Henry. But the Cardinals did exactly what they should have done. They got ahead early, which means that... Tannehill has to throw it. When have you ever seen Ryan Tannehill throw it 35 times? The way to beat them is to make them throw it, and that's exactly what happened. So, well done to the Cardinals. This was potentially the the performance of the week um, mm. from any one team because they were so much better than a very Statement good win. Titans team. Statement win against a good team. In the best division in football as well. <laughs> An early exit for Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't help to settle the Washington football team, though you could do worse for backups than Tyler Henneke. Still, Keenan Allen got 100 yards receiving and LA did just enough to get a win in the capital. Washington 16, Chargers 20 was the final score there. I called it for the Chargers. Um, everyone else said it would be a team win. Um, but no, Henneke looked, I think, composed. Uh, Justin Herbert didn't. Again, uh, the Chargers continuing to prove that they don't have a half-decent Russian attack. Um, Chargers dominated possession. There was numerous times when they couldn't push the ball down the field, which which Herbert looked like he was brilliant at last season. Um, And that Washington defense looked good all over, not just in the the, uh, pass rush. So I think the Washington football team come out of this with more credit than uh, the Chargers do, even though they lost. Okay, that's the Sunday afternoon slate done on to Sunday evening. And oh, how Cleveland Browns fans love to celebrate early. At 22 10 at half time, they seem to think the second half would mirror the first. It didn't. Tariq Hill ended three yards shy of 200 yards receiving, and the Chiefs made a statement comeback. Final score in that one was the Chiefs 33, 
Browns 29. Yeah. The offensive line for the Chiefs was significantly better. Mm. Um, the Chiefs did what they always did. You know, they do what they always do. There was uh, one point where, they had, where the Chiefs had a one-play um, drive, which led to a touchdown. I mean, there's no other team in the country that can do that other than the Chiefs. Uh, it's what they specialise in. The game's never over till it's over. And uh, th- again, there's a lot of positives that will come out of it for the Chiefs, uh, for the Browns. Um, but ultimately, when it comes down to it, it was a statement game for the Chiefs because they beat uh, potentially overrated Browns team. Potentially, potentially overrated. Browns. Uh, a changing of the <laughs> a changing of the guard in the AFC East. A student besting the master. Brian Flores has taken so many pages and players. Out of Bill Belichick's book, it was probably inevitable that the Dolphins team would be as hard-nosed as their northern opponents eventually. Mac Jones looked okay considering his help, but the Dolphins win in Foxborough 17-16. to The thing is, Dolphins have got a very good record in Foxborough, though. Mm. They've beaten them a few times, even when the Dolphins were tragically underperforming. Um, but I think most of us called the Dolphins winning this game, so it doesn't feel like too much of a surprise. This was the worst, least entertaining game of the weekend. Um, it was the attack of the Alabama quarterbacks, neither of which are probably good enough at the moment um, to lead a franchise. Mac Jones just proving that, you know, yes, he's accurate and yes, he can dink and dunk, but he doesn't have the weapons. And also when it comes to those key moments where he needs to, you know, he needs to push it on a third and nine or something like that is, he's, he's just not quite ready yet. And two is not the guy. <laughs> oh, I just won a game. Dave, stop beating yeah. up on Tua. Jesus. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me Tua's the guy. Tell me I'm wrong. No, You're wrong. I'm wrong. You're wrong. Rubbish. <laughs> oh, if, you, if, you, if you got a list of all of the, the 32 starting quarterbacks this weekend, and uh, where would Tua rank on the list? Because I guarantee he would be outside the top 20, which means he's not the no, guy. I think he's top 20. Mm. All right, 19th. <laughs> 16. You're going to get let's me on right the middle. Let's go, let's go right in the middle. <laughs> well, if I wasn't on holiday, I'd say, right, name the 15, but I'm not going to. We ain't got time. Let's move on. So when players swap shirts in professional sports, they usually do it after the game is played. Aaron Rodgers appeared to swap shirts with Jameis Winston before kickoff, however, as the Packers look like a shell of a team. Winston, on the other hand, was surgical, counting five touchdowns, and the Saints get a win at home, in inverted commas, 38-3. to no one, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're Jameis Winston's mum, yep. saw this coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Alvin Kamara with 20 carries dominated the uh, the Saints offense, which we kind of expected. Um, the only thing that was a surprise to me is just how little uh, involvement Taysom Hill had. Um, I think he only came in on a few plays. I mean, sort of four or five plays in total. This was the Jameis Winston show at 38 points. And the Packers with, with three. I mean, this is... I, I It blew my mind. It genuinely blew my Rogers mind. They in the fourth quarter. It was just crazy. Yeah, I mean, they put in Jordan Love. Jordan Love looked better than Rogers did. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, when sometimes you see a guy who's got two, maybe even three interceptions, and, you know, some of them are bad passers, they're not necessarily great interceptions. I mean, the Rogers ones were bad interceptions. You know, they they were they were plays where a, a quarterback like Rogers should know better. And after all of everything that's happened in the off season, you expect Green Bay as an organization and Rogers as an individual to be significantly better. Oh yeah, this was an anomaly, an abomination of a game. That, uh, you hope it was. 
Well, well, I don't, I don't really care about the Packers, but yeah, you'd hope so because <laughs> I drafted Aaron Rodgers in fantasy and he got me under two points. But we'll talk about yeah. that in a minute. Um, next game, well, Dave, you covered that one earlier. It was 27-30 win for the Denver Broncos over the New York Football mm. Giants. Sunday night then, and Matt Stafford got to play with more than just one quality teammate for a change. Three touchdown passes for him. Andy Dalton was typically poor in the primetime game. Interesting that Justin Fields got a couple of snaps and even ran a touchdown himself, but the result was pretty straightforward. Rams 34, Bears 14. Yeah, this was the Matt Stafford show. Uh, the Bears looked woefully unprepared and um, the Rams looked like they found their guy. You know, this is the difference between having a quarterback with the X factor, which Stafford's got. I'm a massive Matt Stafford fan. You are. This performance was almost perfect. That's how far I would go in saying, you know, as as far as debuts go against a good rated Bears defense, this was almost perfect. And on to Monday night's game then. I don't know how the Ravens managed to lose this one, to be honest. It took a 55-yard kick from Daniel Carson to take the game into overtime. Derek Carr then got picked in the end zone to make, set up a game-winning drive. But Jackson coughed up the fumble to give Las Vegas the shot. And Zay Jones caught the easiest touchdown of his life on the blown coverage. Both teams were messy, but the final score was Raiders 33, Ravens 27. This this felt like... Did, did you see the fight of the weekend? Um between uh, Evander Holyfield and whoever whoever the hell he was fighting. No, I didn't, Dave, no. It was it was two guys who were unprepared and out of shape. It ended up as a first-round knockout with Evander Holyfield laying on the floor. Right. Um, this is kind of what this this felt mm-hmm. like because there were so many mistakes in this game. I stayed up and watched quite a bit of it last right. night. And it just felt like, I mean, it, the amount of times... I don't, I, I don't understand how... Lamar Jackson's throwing hasn't improved in the offseason. He looks worse. His feet aren't set. They're, they're almost like arm throws. He looks like a shot putter when he's throwing the ball. And it just became, Max Crosby was the player of the game. I mean, every single play almost, he was under his chin strap. It was under Lamar's chin strap. It just, I don't physically understand how the Ravens have not improved. You expect this massive improvement. And it just didn't come. You you got to give major respect to the to the Raiders because as much as I hate doing it, but you know they they say that. absolutely dominated when they had the ball. I think Darren Waller was great in receiving. He was okay even in in blocking as well. But all AFC West teams won this weekend, which isn't great. For and the NFC West. West, every every West team got the win. Yep, everyone loves the West. Um, so it, I it. I've said a lot about this team's better than we thought. This team's worse than we thought. The Ravens are probably the team that underperformed because I accepted it. I expected them almost to swap the Raiders to a side. Um, and it just didn't happen. And it's still that old thing of they don't have any receivers. They don't have anyone getting open. It was almost too easy for the Raiders continually. It's disappointing for them. Lamar Jackson's a fascinating um, character for me because... Yeah. I liked him coming out of out of college. So when it went into the draft, I rated him as my third best quarterback uh, in the draft class. And, you know, the Ravens took a punt on him with the last pick in the first round. So yeah. they weren't like moving up to get him like specifically. They weren't they weren't going up into the top ten or anything. They weren't rooting up trees. They just wanted someone that they could potentially use as a kind of gadget player, um, as Joe Flacco was getting on a bit. And I, I'm starting to believe that the, the Ravens don't have any idea how to improve Lamar Jackson. Either they can't or they won't. They yeah. seem to double down on the fact that he's a great scrambler. 
Um, he's got such good pace. We all know how good he is on the ground. But they haven't, well, either they've kind of half assed trying to help him out with throwing the ball, or they've just got no idea how to help him. And they've just kind of gone, all right, well, look, you know, we'll bring in some more running backs and we'll, you know, bring in more offensive linemen that aren't quite good enough. For the night, but, <coughs> uh, you know, and we'll see what we can do because we get through to the playoffs now and sometimes we win a game as well. So maybe that'll work. But I think they're kind of struggling for an identity. They're not, I'm not sure even if they want that identity. They they never were a kind of running back quarterback team. They're always the, the pocket passing gunslinging team that I remember anyway, because they always try and emulate, emulate the Steelers. So I mean, they they kind of they've fallen into this this pattern. That I'm not sure Harbaugh knows how to to get the best out of that, of that offense. They've tried, they've got close, but teams figure them out. And once you've figured out that you don't have to um, cover more than 15 yards down the field with any more yeah. than one safety, that you can crowd the box, that you can spy Lamar Jackson, then suddenly they're not getting first downs. They're they're failing. And even on fourth downs, when they tried it, they only made one of the two that they attempted. And the Raiders didn't look like an amazing team. They don't have players that can get home. Max Crosby needs 10 seconds to hit the quarterback, not five. Yeah, and he, he had 10 seconds. That was he did, Yeah, he did. Because, because he's up against an opponent, which doesn't, if yeah. he, even if he could throw it, there's got no one really that gets separation to be able to throw it to. So he's in the worst possible situation. I disagree with one thing specifically that you've said, Go on, and that's that's how you said that. Um, I don't think I, th- I think your exact wording was something like um, they, you know, they've tried to uh, they've tried to change the offense and not been able to. I don't think they have. Mm. I don't think the Ravens have done that because there's been so many seasons when I mean, the past two years, for example, the Raven not last season, but the two years previous to that, the Ravens have had opportunities knowing full well that they're going to be in the playoffs they've known they're going to be in the playoffs okay if that's the case run different packages you know everyone it's exactly as you said no one plays a too high safety against the ravens at all everyone takes one of those safeties off and brings in essentially a, a rat middle linebacker who will just play i'm following the run and that's all he does so because of that, okay, let's play different options. In, let's play a three-wide set or let's play two tight two tight ends. One of the tight ends is going to run a go route or a delay run or just have someone run a post. You know, so they've done that. They've done that before. They had Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst. They moved off Hayden Hurst. They've, yeah, they've consistently but, tried to draft wide receiver talent in the first round. It just they drafted them, but when have you seen their at, offense? The judging talent. When have you when have you seen their offense do anything different? I'm not talking about in, I'm not talking about the people they draft. I'm not talking about people they recruit. I'm talking about the actual packages that they play and the offensive schemes that they run. It's always the same. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very very small playbook. And what the, all, all they've had numerous circumstances, numerous times in which if the Browns can't do it, the, then I get that because the Browns have always been chasing that North Star that's just a, just a tip out of the way. The Ravens have had two, three, four games at times in hand where they say, okay, we can afford to lose this, lose this one. Let's take a loss on this one, but let's massively expand the playbook. And they've never done so. What they're essentially left is with this really small playbook that doesn't allow them to try anything expensive. And it's becoming predictable. The one issue with the Ravens is their quarterback. And unfortunately, <laughs> that quarterback has previously won an MVP. The blessing is and that, the curse. Exactly. Is that his ceiling? Because the only this is the worst thing about it. They're going to have to pay him soon. And when they pay him, 
that team is going to get worse. He, at the moment, he's still on his rookie contract, earning not a lot of money at all. Um, and when they become to pay him, they're going to have to pay him a shed ton of money. Well, they did it before and with Flacco. Yeah, and yeah, they did it twice with Flacco. I mean, that, that's the worst thing. And when they did, look what happened to the Ravens. They became irrelevant for a decade. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I certainly guess that you are. That it, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of people who are going to end up leaving the Ravens. A lot of talent is going to end up moving away from the Ravens. Now, fortunately, loads of them are very old, um, and you're going to get the likes of Derek Wolf and Claire's Campbell who are going to leave anyway and naturally probably move away from the game. Um, but what you're going to get is a team who doesn't really doesn't really have a play out play action offense um, that's worthy because no one plays too high safety. It's just a recipe for disaster and you only see it going one way. Lamar has to improve. He has to. Let's move on. Like I said, I hoped he would improve when he got into, into the league from, from Louisville, but I think he's gone to one of the worst situations possible for developing his talent. I think that he's been chronically under, underused and under uh, trained. Underdeveloped. Yeah. It's just been a real shame that they haven't, used well they haven't tried to get him better as a passer or if they have he can't i don't know what the answer is to that but i'd probably go I think with i'm the, right in saying a situation he would have been a much better passer than he currently is i agree i think i'm right in saying that josh allen was drafted in the same draft um he was much higher up he think he went before rosen um yeah after donald anyway so um he he was drafted and uh, by by the Buffaloes and has massively improved. Um, Lamar has massively improved in his first season because no one could figure him out and no one could get near him. But he doesn't seem to have kicked on before that. If Lamar would have gone to Sean McDermott's um, Buffalo team and had the offensive schemes that they've got there, he would have made that jump. I'm almost certain of it. Um, It's just a shame that he didn't. But it's an interesting future for the Ravens, let's put it that way. Those are all of the games. Let's move on and look at the picks then that we made for uh, week one, Dave. So as it turns out with uh, Punk's Raiders winning on uh, Monday night, the uh, the long and short of it is that Punk and I got 10 results correct and six losses. Yourself and Lou for the people got nine and seven. So we all thought the Falcons were going to lose. Uh, sorry, we'll win and they lost. Uh, myself and, and you, Dave, thought the Jaguars were going to win. They didn't. Uh, everyone apart from Lou thought the Titans would win. They didn't. Uh, yourself and Punk obviously trolling me went for the Bills to beat the Steelers. Bad luck on that one. I was the only person that thought the Bengals would beat the Vikings and that came to pass. Uh, Dave, you're the only person that backed uh, back to the Chargers to beat Washington. So you got a point on us there. We all obviously went for the Packers over the Saints. Ouch. <laughs> Lou went for the Patriots and the Giants to get wins. That didn't turn up. And then, of course, the three of us, apart from Punk, went for the Ravens to get a win. So that's how it all shook out. It means that myself and Punk are top of the table, but you and the people, thank you very much, Lou, for putting in your picks for week one, uh, and nine and seven. So hot on the heels. We've been using playactionpools.com to start this contest of pod versus the people. So you can go and check that out as well. Remember, if you want to go and start a league, it's not too late. We've got the NBA starting in a, in a month's time. If you want to do that, and the college game as well is, is in there for the picks. So if you are going to uh, sign up, make sure you put in TFD in the coupon code and you get 10% off there as well. But it's a really easy way of, of calculating your picks and doing a contest as well. So playactionpools.com if you guys want to do that. 
we're moving on to week two now. We've got a full slate. We've got Punk's picks here. So I've got them in front of me. We've also got picks for the people. So this week we've got Tom, who's a Broncos fan. I can't believe it. Uh, So he's very kindly given his picks in as well. Um, So we're going to go through the games, Dave. We're starting on Thursday night. It is an NFC East matchup. It's the New York Giants at the Washington football team. Um, Now, I can't in good confidence go for the Giants based on everything that I've said. So I've got to go for the Washington, um, even with Taylor Henneke. I mean, if there is going to be a resurgence from the Giants, good luck to them because they are going to need one hell of a resurgence. Um, Mm. I'll go Washington. Okay. Well, Punk and myself have gone for Washington. Tom has gone for the Giants. So he's been a bit of a contrary Andy there, but Mm. good luck. Sunday, we're going on to the afternoon games. First up, it's the Cincinnati Bengals on a win. At the Chicago Bears, off a loss. Bears versus Bengals. Who's home again? The Bears. Bears. I'm going with the Bears, only because I want the Bengals to win. I really, I hope the Bengals win by 100 points. Um, I really, I think home advantage might swing it. So, yeah, I'll go Bears. Well, everyone's gone for the Bears apart from me. I've gone again with the Cincinnati Bengals to get their second you win. You love the Bengals, don't you? Why don't you just oh, yeah, change your allegiance? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just call it how I see it, Dave. I still think that um, Andy Dalton's not going to have a good time against his old team. And they're not going to play Justin Fields enough still. So next yeah. game then is the Houston Texans. Would you just love them? They're up against the Cleveland Browns. Browns. Browns? Browns. I don't well, care. <laughs> everyone I, on the pod uh, has gone for Browns. Tom yep. has gone for the Texans. Wow. I love Bravery. This. I love this bravery. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go, go big. Mm. Um, I was looking. I was looking on um, Paddy Power. They don't sponsor us, so other betting sites are available. Yeah. Um, but I was looking on Paddy Power, and the Browns are twelve and a half point favourites. I don't remember seeing <laughs> a bigger favourite than twelve and a half points. Just remember the Browns. You know, they might start well, but doesn't always end. Yeah, the right I mean, way. They're, they're still the Browns. They are still the Browns. Until we find out otherwise, they are still the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Next up, then, it's the LA Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Rams are my pick for the Super Bowl, uh, so I am going Rams. I would, I would even go Rams minus a touchdown. So seven point spread. That's fine. Yeah. We, it's a clean sweep for the Rams. So everyone's gone for the Rams over the yeah. Colts in Indianapolis. Next up, it's AFC East: the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Oh, Bills at Dolphins. That is a good game. Very good game. Um, I if it, do you know what? If it was in, I don't think it makes any difference. I'd go Bills either way. It'd be slightly different if it was in Buffalo. I think it'd be much more comfortable. Why would it be close? Yeah, but you're used to cold weather. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. But well, didn't the yeah, Dolphins the Dol- just go into Foxborough? Well, they'd be, they'll be, yeah, but they'd be like a fish out of water. See you I said that last I, week. I think I was going to say, I think I've done that too. That joke Recycling two weeks running. Joke that didn't work. Okay. <laughs> I've been doing that for years. Yeah. So you're um, going for the I'm Bills, gonna go, are you? I'm going to go Bills. Yeah. All right. It's a clean sweep again for the Bills. Everyone's gone for the Bills over the Dolphins, although I do love the yeah. Dolphins. Then we've got the other two AFCs teams. It's the New England Patriots at the New York Football Jets. I mean, again, this is something I cannot get excited for. <laughs> I'm going to go. No, I'm not going to go Jets. No, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go Patriots. I'm not going Jets. The Jets are rubbish. No, All right, I'll go, go for the Jets Patriots. then. 
You're going Jets. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stick with the picks that I made before the season started for this you week. Mug. So I got, I got 10 wins on week one. So, uh, <laughs> no, but you didn't pick the Jets the in week one. No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking the Jets this week to get a win at home at the Patriots. Then we've got the 49ers at the Eagles. Uh, um, two of the highest scoring teams from week one. Uh, I'm gonna go f- Eagles. Oh, yeah, no, because I'm not. I'm going 49ers. <laughs> well, you said it, so I've had to lock it in, Dave. Unfortunately, all no, right, I'm, going so clean... Is that, uh, I'm doing this as we speak on Play Action Pools. That's playactionpools.com. I'm yep. doing this on Play Action Pools, so you can write down whatever the hell you want, son. I'm putting it in there. <laughs> No right, more of your jiggery pokery on the picks anymore. You don't have to trust your <laughs> maths. All of a sudden, I what, end up losing three or four marks. Hang on, one one week I'm two behind. I have a good week, then I'm four behind. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's move on swiftly from the 49ers uh, and everyone picking them. It's the Las Vegas Raiders at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Raiders versus uh, so it's in. Oh, is it is it in Pittsburgh? Yes. Oh, you'll walk it then. You'll absolutely walk it. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. 100%. Oh, excellent. Well, I'm so glad you finally come around to my way of thinking, Dave. Um, obviously, playing the Raiders. Punk and Tom have both gone for the Raiders. So it's a 50-50 split there. Then we have the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers, Panthers. NFC South matchup. Panthers. Panthers um, over the Saints, who just took a took a... A two by four to the Packers. Yep, they did. Um, but I think the the Saints only did that because the Packers hit the bed. Um, and also, I'm a bit of a fan of the Packers uh, of the uh, Panthers, Panthers in the way that they play their offensive schemes with mm-hmm. um, play action. So yeah, I, I like the way that the Panthers do it. Um, and they're going to be, I would say, three three point favorites. Okay, well that means that everyone on the pod has picked the Panthers to win this game. And the people mm-hmm. have gone for the Saints. So, Tom, again, oh. being the contrarian there. Nice and it's, then it's the Denver Broncos at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, so if Tom, who is a Broncos fan, has gone for the Jaguars, he should immediately dis- be disbarred. Although mm-hmm. I fully understand and respect his ability to not have faith in the Broncos. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for Teddy Two Gloves uh, and go for the Broncos by a touchdown and a half. It's a clean sweep for the Broncos in the picks. Then everyone yeah. has gone for them over the Jags. The, the Jags Minnesota pants in week one. They were absolutely pants. The Vikings are at the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, Cardinals, hundred percent, absolutely. I cannot, cannot understate how much I think the Cardinals will win that. The Cardinals will absolutely walk it. Mm-hmm. I think they are such a good team, so underrated, and the Vikings. I mean, they they constantly let people down. Every time I don't pick the Vikings, though, historically, you can back me up on this, Jim. Every <laughs> yeah. time I don't pick the Vikings, they murder someone. Yeah. Every time I do pick them, they lose to a, a rubbish team, which is what happened last week. So saying this, they're probably going to go and win. But I think, I, I'm really not impressed with the Vikings at the moment. The thing with the Vikings is they can beat average opponents. They can mm. lose to terrible opponents but they typically can't beat great opponents. And I think the Cardinals have got a really great all-round roster. So everyone on the pod, again, has gone for the Cardinals. And Tom has gone out there for the Vikings. It's also one of the later games on uh, Sunday, which means that uh, 
um Kirk Cousins typically isn't gonna closer to the lights. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like it. He gets burnt. You get a nosebleed as soon as it's live on TV. Bit of a so Nick Vegas syndrome with him. That one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so confident, I'll say, you'll get decent odds for this one. Put this one in your accumulator. If you're a betting person and you're doing an NFL accumulator, put the put the Cardinals in. If I'm wrong, That's I'll get Jim James to the Cardinals. Refund, I'll get the Jim to refund all of your bets. I mean, you can try. That's how confident I am. Next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, all in good conscience, I cannot go for the Falcons. Um, I go the Bucks. No one has gone for the Falcons. You'd be no, you surprised to hear. I wish them. I wish them the best of luck. I do wish them the oh, best yeah. of luck. Good, good luck. They're, they're really going to need it. The Dallas Cowboys are at the LA Chargers. Ooh, ooh, ooh! That is a good game. I'm stalling. Can we come back to that? Can we no. skip over that one and come no. back to it? Come on. What are you doing? Do you want to hear what we've done? No, because that will sway me. I'm going to go Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboys. Okay. Well, mm. Punk, and, Punk and I have gone for the Chargers and Tom has gone for the Cowboys. So that's a 50 yeah. on that one. I think the, the, I'm, the only reason I'm saying that, I think the Chargers are probably a better team. Um, but I think the Chargers were a bit of a disappointment in week one. I think the Cowboys probably overperformed. So it's kind of a form thing as much as anything. And Dallas travel well, typically. It doesn't matter. They don't have this hang-up of going north, south, east, or west. It makes the difference. Well, I'm not going to go south, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I think it's less of a an issue for them going to LA. And let's be honest, the Chargers play away no matter where they are. True. Um, so, yeah, I've got more. I'm, I just want to say I'm going for the, I'm going for the Cowboys because of Dak. So I'll go, I'll go. <laughs> okay. All right. Now you're a Dak believer. Excellent. Yeah, I just think, I just think he's got something about him this season. Two games left on Sunday. So the last one in the evening slate is the Tennessee Titans at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, ooh, Titans. at Seahawks. That's going to be a good game. Derek Henry versus the world. I'll go Seahawks. Okay, that means that I'm the only one that's gone for the Titans out of the four picks. Okay, okay. And then so you you picked you picked the Titans before the, your picks you did before the season when we did our yeah. predictions. Yeah. Based on week one, would you change that now if you were doing the picks now? That's the one that I'm most likely to change, but I, I'm not going to bet on it. But I am for this. No, no, no. For these picks, I'm sticking with the Titans because the the Seahawks still don't have an amazing defense, and if um, the Titans have had that wake up call from the first game at home. That's a humbling mm-hmm. loss. They would just love to go and stick it to the Seahawks. So is this game going to make it into your weekly accumulator? No. <laughs> no. Don't blame you. It will no. make it I'll, st- I'll stay away from things that are going to be so razor, uh, razor thin. <laughs> the Sunday night game is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens. Um... I mean, how can I make this interesting? Because it's obvious I'm going to go for the Chiefs. Well, I mean, the uh, the TV crews are going to try their best to make this interesting. As it's the prime you know when game. You, get, you know when you get a Monday night game, it doesn't really interest you all that much. You've usually got the, the Giants only... in it, but carry on. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, the, I, don't th- I don't think this should be a primetime game. There's much get better games on. Well, they're always big uh, scoring, but the Ravens always lose. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't think Lamar's beaten uh, Patrick Mahomes Mahomes. at all yet. No. I like the way he said Mahomes like I'd forgotten his name. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Just trying to forget him, aren't you? (laughs) He's not in my division. I have nightmares about him. I have nightmares. Yeah. (laughs) I won't even go to Ireland because of him. (laughs) What? 
Just because his name's Patrick, that's all. Okay. It took right. you a minute though, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. All right, so everyone's <laughs> gone for the Chiefs then. And the Monday night game is your Detroit Lions, Dave, at the Green Bay Packers. Detroit Dave. That's what I should change my name to. <laughs> One day you might. Um, I, I am going the Detroit Lions. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Please. I know the Packers are going to win. They absolutely <laughs> are going to win. Um, but I'm going... I'm I'm going Lions because there's something I like the fight of the Lions team. Mm. Um, I don't buy into this whole "will bite their kneecaps bollocks" whatever. Yeah. I, but I like the fight of the Lions, and I think the Packers are a team who are a bit light on that. They're a bit of an Arsenal. No real. When the going gets tough, they don't they don't dig in the trenches. Do you know what I mean? They're not a battling team. So if it could, if there's if the weather's a bit it and there's loads and loads of rain it's a down and dirty game i think that will suit the lions I, I fully expect the packers to win but i want to go lions so i'm gonna i have one i you know you know me i always have one stupid pick each week and this is my stupid pick if you say so that's your only stupid yeah, pick. Yeah. all right <laughs> you know what i mean just before we one go pump. dave just before we go then let's just talk about fantasy because obviously we do have a league that we uh, partake in at nfl.com yeah. it's 12 team league so, you know, it's quite difficult to get a, a stacked roster. But uh, how do you do, Dave? Did you get your win? Uh, I won. So uh, I got 115 points. So this is standard scoring. Uh, yeah. My only real disappointment, well, my two disappointments, one was uh, Ezekiel Elliott on offense. Only got four points, basically. I'll round up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was basically an offensive lineman in this game. And uh, Cortland Sutton's main job was carrying two defensive backs out the way for other people to uh, catch the ball. And he got one, a buck and change. Other than that, I got 115. Um, did very well. Matt Stafford is my starting quarterback. Uh, and the guy I was playing against scored 94. So it's a nice, big old juicy win um, mm. for my team, which is called Don't Jefferson Go Down on Me, which I really like. That's you, a great name. Sir, great name. I think you, he's a bit, sir, bit gaudy with the amount of points. You don't need to put up that many points, Dave. I think that's just you know excessive. You should be absolutely ashamed of yourself. What? I scored, me, myself, scored more than you and the person you played, which was <laughs> punk. So this was in week one, yeah. This was a final down derby. You yeah. two should be utterly ashamed of you. Your two quarterbacks scored less than 10 points. My my tight end scored more than you two, your two quarterbacks. It's a bloody disgrace. You shouldn't get a win for that. Excuse you me. Should, I, I started lose the reigning NFL MVP. And? It's not my fault. <laughs> he scored 1.3 points. 1.3 my punter, All right. my so, punter scored more than that. My lowest scoring player scored more than your quarterback. Okay. It is outrageous. I can't believe you won with 59 points. <laughs> I mean, it's brilliant and horrendous in equal measures. <laughs> and uh, Punk had Darren Waller getting 16.5 points on the uh, Monday. Oh, it wasn't enough. Yeah. Which is an indication of how bad his team was. So I had, I had yeah. large more minus points and I still won. Mike Gazzini. Yeah, you had. Yeah, it was got a nothing. tough week. He got nothing, and your backup tight end got 17 points, which was TJ Hawkinson. Well, I didn't like the match. So, so. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I've never seen anyone win with 59 points before. Like, oh, well, genuinely yeah. never seen anyone win. Yeah, you've, only got to, you've only got to beat what's in front of you, Dave, and I did by 
four but points. You got, so. you got the second. Someone else here. So Philly Sai got over a hundred points and lost, right? Yeah. And lost. It's happened to me you so got, many times in the past. You got the right. lowest, second lowest score out of everyone. If you'd have been playing anyone this week, mm. other than punk, you know, other than the punk, then that uh, it just blows my mind. And I just want to say, just for the record. Anyone who does fantasy will know this. You receive an email afterwards, which gives you a grading on how well you've done. Mm-hmm. My expected record was one win. Well, you've done it. That then. was my expected record. I'm already ahead of the curve. Get ready for the rest of the but, season, actually, Dave. <laughs> yeah. And yours yours and punks, were, you were given top marks of how brilliant your team Mate, were going to be. Too soon. You've awesome wells this fantasy league. So Utter tosh. <laughs> I've it's never seen anything one. like it. It's done. It'll so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm playing next week. I'm playing someone who's got a uh, a high scorer out of everyone in our league, which means like it's it. going to be an absolute snooze fest. We're probably going to draw 10 all, knowing us. Yeah. Well, there you go, you see. That's how it happens. I'm, I, I'm staggered at your score. I really am. It was enough to beat Punk, and that's all I care about. So I got the win. It's time for us to go, Dave. Um, thank you very much for tuning in from... Uh, your holiday villa in the Algarve and uh, oh, look wish. forward to having you back at home next week where we can talk about week two and Punk will be back as well so we'll be on to yeah. that one um, make sure you're checking us out at thefinaldown.com that's our main website uh, you can check us on Twitter at finaldownnfl and of course please we are putting stuff up all the time at patreon.com slash finaldown so yeah more articles to read there and extra videos so you will not be disappointed by the extra content by the little, little, little bit of money you have to give us uh, to view it all so yeah do that yeah, the, the, there's two other things i want to say as well generally quickly um the first first thing really is do reach out to us on twitter and yes. have a chat by all means we we do have it every now and again where people do just come to us even if you want to tell us how insanely brilliant or useless we are we're more than happy with that and <laughs> um, the second thing is if you can feel free to leave a review um because so often um, you move up and down, not necessarily charts, but when you actually come to try and find a podcast, so if you were to say to someone, you know, go and find this one, go and find that one, um, because the final down has been renewed as a brand new podcast. If you go and find it, it's down. It's three words. It's below anything with the anything with the anything with final and anything with down. So it's slightly more difficult at the moment mm. um, to find it. So if you can just leave a review, if you're going to leave a one star review, keep that to yourself. No one's interested. <laughs> um but yeah by all means just stick a review on there it's five minutes of your time do it on whatever platform you listen to it and uh yeah you know it's uh it's not gonna kill you so do it it shouldn't kill you anyway should be very safe to do so uh so until next week i've been jim that's been denver david thank you so much for listening 